Hello, friends, and welcome to the 38th episode of All New Snap Judgments. As always, I'm Roy Rogers, and joining me today is my friend and yours, Aaron Pulse Glazer. Aaron, how are you doing, my friend? I'm okay. I got a little bit of a cold. Hopefully, I don't sound too bad, but otherwise, I'm doing well. How You are uh, recently returned from the humid halls of Florida. How was your time in one of our most cursed, blursed, blursted, cursed states? I don't know what blursted was, but um, it was good. We went to Universal Studios and uh, Islands of Adventure for four days and had a really nice time. Um, the first day and a half, it absolutely poured on us. So that was um, classic Florida. Yeah, a little terrible. But when it didn't pour on us, the weather was really nice. It stayed about 65 degrees. We had a good old time. Awesome. Well, we are also going to have a good old time tonight with our very special guest, Aaron, who is joining us this week to discuss Marvel Snap. Well, we're doing our top 10 decks, so we, as always, have the king of all things tier list, the great, the one and only, Den. How you doing, Den? I'm doing great. I mean, these intros just so good. I mean, I can't, I don't have anything to say after those intros because I'm just afraid I'm going to ruin it, to be honest. You haven't ruined it yet. You're not going to ruin it by now. Den, don't worry. How- Aaron, will, Aaron will screw up the transition. Don't worry. You Den. just thought my name was Darren, even though we've known each other for a decade, sir. Um, n- not a decade. His wedding. Not really? Still? Okay. Still, still not a decade, bro. Still not a decade. Soon. All right. Soon, uh, yes. e- either way. Then, how can our friends find you? Uh, easiest way is uh, Twitter, then CCG. Uh, if you speak French, I have a YouTube channel called uh, La Game du Matin, or just find articles on Marvel Snap Zone. That's probably the place where I put in the most work. The YouTube is adorable. Just if you don't speak French, I don't. But it is very cute. You should 100% check it out. All right. Quick are- note before you introduce our other special guest there, Aaron, I want to say to our Patreon, Patreons, Patreons, you can hear Glazer talk about Den's uh youtube channel in last month's uh (laughs) exclusive youtube content where aaron gives his very clearly informed opinions of what dan's youtube show is so another reason to encourage you do you remember what i said i don't even remember what i said no i'm I'm not going to spoil it because i want to encourage people to give you ten dollars a month now there's other reasons which we'll talk about in a little bit of why you should sign up for our patreon but that's just that is another one all right go ahead and introduce our other well, this next person is probably the person most uh, responsible for the reasons you should give me $10, and definitely not him. It is the architect of the Snap Judge League. We are joined by the big dun- dumb idiot king himself, Gunny T. How you doing, Gunny? Congrats on your win, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am doing fantastic. It's a lovely evening. I'm excited. Busy evening for me. I'm currently running a Friday night Mar- Marvel Snap tournament while podcasting so we're gonna see how this goes hey gunny first what'd you win and then how can our people find you oh all right well um first we'll start with how you could find me so you could find me on x it will be the chad usmc uh, i'm on there just checking around uh hitting the socials you can also find me on several discords at just gunny g-u-n-n-y t the letter t 
And then uh, you can also find me on YouTube making some snap content at Snap Tactics Gunny T. Um, those are the places where you'll be able to find me the easiest and where I'm most active. And then uh, what I won is, oh, now I got to look it up. So I got it right here. It is the, the deck building event they did over on the, the main Marvel Snap Discord. So it was the Planet Hulk deck building finale um, that I ended up posting up my deck guide for big dumb idiots so that and then yeah it just it, it did really well i had over 280 comments on it um dexter and regis both used the deck on their youtube channels so it just kind of blew up and the funny thing is i didn't even know the contest was happening i made the the guide because i'm a freak and i just love organizing everything um and i posted it onto to the marvel snap zone discord first and then uh the kids snap He's the one that told me about the the competition. Like, hey man, why don't you just go throw this on there? So yeah, I did, and it yeah, it won. It was awesome. Cool. Right. All right. Before we jump in and discuss the awesome main topics that we have today, we just got to remind you how you can engage with us on social media. All right. First and foremost is our x twitter yz whatever uh elon musk is calling his social media platform currently our handle on that is at snap judge cast we are incredibly grateful every single week to be the official podcasting partner of marvel snap zone we are just so so grateful and we would be grateful of you, for you, uh, especially loyal listeners and loyal viewers, if you went out and joined the Marvel Snap Zone Discord, that is the number one place to engage with Glazer 24-7, 365, even when he is in Florida with his family. He is on the Discord, he is responding to people, and he is overall just being a degenerate responder to comments and questions. So, and besides that, Marvel Snap Zone has the best large discord in all of marvel snap so please 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 click the link in the description of this episode below if you are listening to this on youtube or in the description on your friendly neighborhood pod catcher if you're listening to the podcast version if you want to try and email us and somehow get your message through all of the kick spam aaron subjected this account to you can email us at snapjudgmentspodcast at gmail.com but we're now getting into, besides Marvel Zap, Snap Zone, the two most important socials we have. Let's start off with the YouTube, which is at Snap Judgments Pod, where each and every day, except for Saturdays, Aaron produces at least one Snap Take video. Aaron, my friend, if our loyal listeners were to become our loyal viewers, what would they find on the YouTube right now? So this last week, you would actually find Fathor Newman, Gunny, and Savage Yeti because I was gone for half the week, and they covered. We've also got 10 advanced tips for snapping that Gunny created in order to better, um, I mean, climb the ranks, hit infinite, whatever your goals are. They're basically the advanced tips in order to maximize your snapping. And next week, we've got, well, depending on when this comes out, we've got a video that's going to go over the four april new cards along with three great new decks awesome awesome before we talk about our last way to engage with us i will say 
that Yeti's guest spot on our YouTube channel was a great argument for why you should be subbed for him and not sub for us, definitely, and why <laughs> Yeti's content is superior to Glazer's daily content. No so, doubt. again, if you want an argument for other creators, make sure that you check out the guest spots they did on Glazer's Snap Take show over on our <laughs> YouTube, All right, which is, again, just to make sure I don't screw it up, at Snap Judgments Pod. But if you do, for some misforgotten reason, love Glazer's content – and love tournaments, you have an opportunity now to support both because starting next week, right? It is next week. It is happening, right? Is the Glazer should switch the slides for the YouTube video viewers, the Snap Judgments League. All right, where if you are a $1 patron, you get this awesome, awesome opportunity. Aaron, Please, for our loyal listeners, describe how the Snap Judgments League will work. All right. So you sign up. You sign up for the Patreon, the $1 tier. That gets you access to the league. You join the Discord. The Discord, from there, you sign up for the league. Once you're signed up for the league, you'll be assigned a pod of 32 players. You're going to play one game a week against a player in that pod. The winner of that pod is going to get a uh, season pass and put into a winner's pod. Winner's pod is single elimination, um, top 8, 16, whatever it is, and that winner becomes the Snap Judgments League champion. So one game a week, $1, tons of prizes throughout. We also are doing, you can find it on our X, it's to our Discord right now, a Dan Hip print giveaway in order, in support of this league, and we've got so much more. Gunny, why don't you tell us a little bit about the league? All right. Thank you. Uh, the league has, so I want to talk a little bit about the logistics of the league. Um, so I have been a magic gathering judge for almost a decade now. And one thing that's always been very memorable to me is whenever events kind of are not great because the logistics are all jacked up. So we're using, um, some really good software by topdeck.gg. Um, they are really big in the, the magic gathering world and then branching out into other games. Um, but basically through their web app, that's how you're going to find out, um, who your opponent is. That's how you're going to report your rounds. And it's all just very clean and smooth. Um, so that, that, that's my, my main point there is like the logistics of this is, is good. Uh, we've run test rounds of it. Um, and there's more stuff we're going to be doing, um, such as the tournament that I'm running right now. I just did it through the top deck app. The, the members of our, uh, Patreon that are already in our snap judgment league are signed up. Uh, they already had an account on there. It was one button click for them to enter my eight man single elimination tournament. And they're almost done with it. We're on semifinals right now. And I started um 49 minutes ago so it, it, we're, we're really cooking over there we've turned it almost into like this huge event it's not only the league but you got the snap uh the, the sorry the tournament that i'm doing tonight and i'll be doing more of them i don't know how big or how small i'll be making them but just throughout we're going to do some more stuff and you got the the dan hip competition variants there's gonna be all kinds of stuff that we're going to continue to just build this community effort and it's gonna be so much fun every single week and pretty soon, we're going to bully Den into joining the league. So if you want your chance to play <laughs> the one and only Den in a league, this is your chance. He usually doesn't mingle with us mere mortals without us giving him money. So like, this is your only chance <laughs> to, to deal with our favorite Den. All right. Uh, 
before we move into this jam-packed episode, I want to make two quick notes about the Patreon. A lot of Patreons are a pyramid scheme where it's designed to flow money up to that single content creator. This is the opposite. This is a pyramid, a, 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 the opposite of a pyramid scheme where Glazer is almost certainly going to be spending more money than he takes in. So this is a, just a huge op, like opportunity. The one dollar—I don't even want to say the one dollar membership covers the cost because it really doesn't. So please, if you're interested, this is just such an awesome opportunity. Second, there's not a lot of other opportunities in card game space to play with some of the top content creators, uh, particularly online-only card games uh, like Marvel Snap. Uh, you know, there's no Magic Fests, to, to quote what's going on this weekend, for example. We get an opportunity to play against the pros, but this is your opportunity to both to play against normies like yourselves and our loyal listeners and some of the most famous people in Marvel Snap. So this is a very unique tournament experience, I think, across all card games, which is why I think it's really awesome that the show is sponsoring it. And I, again, this, I just want to also say real quick, when I say how cool it is, Snap Judgments is a net negative from my bank account as well. So I am also not bought here. Let's just be clear. All right. Let's move on to the main segment we have today. We've got some viewer questions, first yeah, and two, foremost. Two viewer questions. I thought that the, our guests, including you, Roy, would really like these. All right. Do you want to read them, Aaron, or do you want me to do it? Sure, I got it. So Rafael Sosa asks, are you more a Spike, a Timmy, or a Johnny? And just a quick explanation. Um, a spike is the competitive player. A Johnny likes combos and Timmy likes to play big, dumb things. So Gunny, since you've played magic for 10 bajillion years, why don't you lead us off? Are you a spike, Timmy or Johnny? Uh, I am definitely a Timmy. I like playing big giant things. Simple. They go crush. Um, and that's, that's kind of who I am. I mean, I made big dumb idiots and I love it. Um, but even a little bit further down, so you, you explain them really well, but a spike is also more like tournament grindy, um, not just deck choice, but like somebody who's like going to, going to get all of the, going to make all the best, most OP plays. Um, a Timmy, it really just wants to play big things, go burr. And Johnny, uh, on the other hand, really likes to tell a story through their gameplay. That's another, another way to kind of look at that. Then hmm. where do you fall? I guess I'm a mix of Spike and Johnny, but the story part that Gunny just explained really resonated. So I guess I'm more of a Johnny than a Spike. Like, the more time passes, the more I'm going to the Johnny side. Hmm. Right. As a, as a notorious hater of psychometrics uh, like this in both my copy and especially glazer knows when people whip out these things in teaching it's extremely unsufferable oh, well, that's they're talking about, yes the types of students or types of yeah. teachers uh yeah. but i will for the sake of this say i'm definitely a johnny uh to be like the super precise i'm like a spiky johnny but i do like telling stories of a gameplay strong combos like uh like do it's more important to do cool things than it is necessary to no. win the game definitely so. johnny do do cool things I think that we're a podcast of Johnny's, which means ranking the top 10 decks is going to be fun. But like, yeah, um, I almost never play whatever the best deck is. So, yeah, we're all I on do the same when page. it's a combo deck. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but then when it's Hella, we're like, ooh, not that one. Thanks. So I, I, I played a bit of Hella. You need to too. know how to beat it. I played Hella the previous two seasons when it wasn't the best. Now it's the best. I'm like, oh, get that away from me. <laughs> 
I will I will tell you that the true Glazer move is this. The true Glazer from our his truly degenerate competitive days was this: to play whatever deck he wanted and then complain when the rest of us or he didn't play that deck later after the tournament. So it'd be like, oh yeah, I played my awesome cool brew. Why didn't we just play X deck? We should have all just played X deck. And we we're like, you know, you could have also done that. Like you had as much agency as everyone else in this conversation. Okay. So anyway, yes, that is why Glazer is fundamentally as spiky as he's been in the past, a Johnny. All right. Why don't you read this? So Robert Robert Reverend specifically was asking me this. Um, He's one of our patrons and he wanted to ask Den. He was like, how do I get this question done? I was like, well, I'll be talking to Den in a few hours. So, all right. I think I know the answer, but Marvel Snap is a game about winning two of three locations. I know that this is breaking news to everyone listening um, and get, having more points than your opponent. There are plenty of decks that can have more points than Hella locked on two locations. And then there's a list of decks. Why don't people play the decks going higher than Hella instead of playing the same stale core builds with Zabu Shang-Chi they played for a year now? Are all these decks suppressed by the Zabu Saratek soup decks? If so, why aren't we looking at the problem through the lens of having so many decks that can go higher than Hella being made unviable by the same Zabu Shang-Chi midrange crap we've seen for a year now? Okay, I'll try to answer all the questions one by one because it's cool because they actually kind of answer each other and they explain mm-hmm. the current metagame. So why don't people play decks going higher than Ella Lockjaw? Um, there are two reasons. Number one, there's reliability. Uh, Phoenix, uh, Negative, Wong Panther, um, Shuri, Living Tribunal, they all are able to go higher than Ella Lockjaw. The difference is Ella Lockjaw does it most games, those don't. We have the snap mechanic, so we can mitigate the fact that we don't do it as often with the snap, but there's that. The second reason, I would say, is the fact that Ella Lockjaw can also include text now because we have Corvus, Sandman has started to be a card in Ella and that shuts down part of those decks. Um, are all these decks oppressed by the Zabu Sarah tech soup decks? Absolutely yes. As soon as you play an Enchantress, how those decks just die? Which is unfortunate, but that's the, the sad reality of the game we live in currently. Um, and what was the last part of the question why aren't people uh, complaining about zabu bullshit then i feel like they do it's just that maybe they got tired of it after some point because you can't just complain about the same stuff and i guess like zabu shangshi isn't like the deck it's part of it and you're gonna see uh, you're going to see it with a lot of different things. I mean, a year ago, it was only with Darkhawk. Then it started being with some of Darkhawk. Since Annihilus came around, there's more of Annihilus. Uh, recently, we've had it, we've had it with like Tor, Betterabil, and Jane Foster. So I guess my answer is because Zabu has a much better ability to adapt and create what I will call fake diversity which is it does the exact same thing. It just does it with different cards. So you think it's a new deck, but it's actually just the same deck with other cards included. Cool. I think that covers it. Actually, I want to slightly expand on what Den is saying there, because I think it's a consequence of a lot of the OTA and patch nerfs recently, because I think what they've targeted for nerfs are other, like I think Elsa is a really good example of this very powerful card. 
but it's one, it's a great way to go big without relying on an ongoing, right? Cause they've created this sort of like triangle of powerful things to do, which is like hella lockjaw, then Shang-Chi slash Sarah, and then the sort of like ongoing based like combo decks, right? Which Miss Negative isn't really one of those, but I think the most consistent of those is the Living Tribunal deck. And like those three are kind of like constantly at war with each other. And the only way to break this because of how powerful the tech cards are um, is to have something that doesn't, that can go around the tech cards and still be really powerful. And they've really declared war on those um, over the last like three or four months, which is good because like cards like Elsa were really unbalanced. Werewolf, which didn't entirely get around like Shang-Chi, but gave you a lot of options to sort of bounce around and a good player can sort of like, you know, a lot of out leveling each other. Like the fact that they declared war on a lot of these and even declared war on junk, which, which were all ways to sort of like clog the board or, or go zag around these sort of like three prime orderly powerful approaches to the game has really reduced the metagame to them. And like, I don't super hate this metagame unlike a lot of people. Um, but I think if you're like looking for, I wouldn't even say when I think like uh, a, a, Diversity with more depth. I think there's a lot of diversity in the meta, but there's not actually a lot of depth to that diversity right now. Yeah, I agree. Like you, as you said, like the meta right now is kind of pick a side. Are you on the side of easy, reliable points? Are you on the side of less reliable but more points? Or are you on the side of my opponent is not going to get points, but I have much less than them? Well, than the average as well. Uh, sure. It's. I would like it, and I don't know how to make this the case again, for early games to matter, and I don't feel like they do currently. I think that's one of the big things that um, is frustrating. Um, so part of what makes Hela and Zabu so good is that there's nothing else to do early, right? You're either foregoing the early game and just saying, I'm going to spend my early game getting rid of cards with stuff like Hela, or just drawing and getting rid of shit with stuff like Thanos, right? Or I'm going to spend my early game playing Zabu and then just skipping the early game and dropping a bunch of mid-rangey things and then hoping my tech can win. But there's nothing early I can do that can scale up to late game. Like, I feel like Snap really lacks scaling right now. Maybe Morbius? But, like, largely lacks scaling right now. Well, the problem with scaling is because decks are so flexible, once you tell your opponent where your points are going to be, they either counter you or they just play the other two lanes. Or they retreat. So... Unfortunately, well, like scaling what makes skills it, big makes, enough for it to matter. It, like I mean, it does, it didn't always. Morbius collector, but I mean, obviously, collector got nerfed. Um, sure, Morbius collector to some extent. Um, but like collector with Loki was scaling big enough to matter, right? Angel used to be scaling big enough to matter, even if it was like telling you Elsa was big enough scaling to matter, Kitty was big enough scaling to matter, Bishop was big enough scaling to matter, and it's still close. Hitmonkey was big enough scaling to matter. It got nerfed, right? Like, like it all got nerfed into the ground. Everything that scales up so that it can actually compete with the big six cost things. Like, I honestly can't think of a thing that really wasn't. Well, I think I kind of pointed out something there as well. So, talking about scaling, is scaling isn't only just small cards that um, that grow, like like Elsa or like a Werewolf by Night. Scaling is also just putting points in a lane, right? So you put five points in a lane and you put eight points in a lane and you put 10 points in a lane like that's scaling that lane 
throughout the early game. And the, the decks like Sarah that are able to, to counter that in one way, shape, or form uh, are outperforming those because they know where those points are going. And then Hella beats that because there's no way to predict where these massive amounts of points are falling on the final turn. Um, so that's really the, the, the two opposites there. You are scaling through you know cards and building up uh, your lane, or you're just doing it all on the last turn. I think that this is a consequence of their own design choices. Like when they said that they wanted to push six drops, like this is the consequence of saying like, oh yeah, we want to put six drops and make them more powerful. Well, that means what was making the six drops bad was the scaling or points that two and three drops could do. So it's this like ping pongy, sort of like people want Magneto style cards to be powerful again and big splashy things that seem to be worth six energy. Um, okay. Well, that means those two drops that were splashy and fun and scaling need to be kept in check so that there's still space to breathe. And then you end up in this, well, what deck can sneak in, you know, a huge number of six drops very efficiently. And that's like hella. So I, I think that snaps design team is going to have to sort of like, think again about where they want to put power and it might mean moving away from some of these big splashy six drops. But I think it's speaking of splashy cards that scale though, let's talk about a three drop. All right. So we've got Corvus Glaive, uh, who is a three cost five strength series five. What does six K tokens get you here on reveal discard two cards from your hand to get plus one max energy just to be clear you actually have to discard two full cards for this to trigger um and i will throw it to you gunny what do you think of the latest member of the black order to join marvel snap i think corvus glaive feels like cheating in the decks that it wants to be in so here's the example you play it in hella if you don't discard hella then you've just cheated and you win you play it in Thanos. If you don't discard the things you don't want to discard, then you stay in and you win. So the places it wants to be, when it when it does the thing it wants to do, then you just win. And most people aren't snapping before turn three anyways, if they have this card, right? Um, unless they obviously see a good play coming up. But yeah, just when, whenever it, it doesn't hit the thing you don't want it to hit, then it's, it's very hard to lose from that position unless your opponent is also cheating. So basically, cheating good equals winning. And then Dan? if that doesn't happen, you just retreat. Yeah. Dan, go ahead. Um, I, I agree with most of that. I mean, Corvus just makes something that was good already better. And the big question was, how reliably can we get the two discards without destroying our deck? And the thing is, at first, when we started discussing, well, we're just going to do Ella, people were like, yeah, but what if you discard Ella? Well. I have plus one energy. If I discard Ella, I can still go like five, six, six. And Ramp has done that for months and has been a good deck. And I don't even have to play one card. So although Corvus Glyph limits the amount of like cards in your hand, if you build your deck the right way, you don't need six cards in your hand to play Marvel Snap. You just need the right one every turn. And if the right one, you have like four copies of it, you're good. You're, you're going to have the right one so often that it doesn't really matter what you discard in the end. 
it's hard yep. to d- disagree with any of that. I think I don't mind Corvus. I uh, mostly because I've been playing Corvus like kind of where he is meant to be played, which is uh, Morbius discard. Like I've really enjoyed the ways in which it has uh, re-energized that archetype and given some like cut, kind of like interesting new plays, particularly with Hellcarrier that uh, wasn't really possible before. So uh, I think, but like so many times with these like big splashy effects, uh, it's a card that it probably will end up being better in a good shell stuff shell uh, or making a deck like Hella, which is another discard synergy deck, uh, even stronger. So it's hard to disagree. I think this is definitely to me, the most powerful card uh, this month. Um, I was absolutely sort of pleased to open caches for it. I opened three. Uh, first I got X-23, then I got Corvus, and then I got Gladiator. So I kind of got everything I wanted without the slush. So this was a great week for Roy when it comes to Marvel Snap card acquisition. And I, and I got a very powerful card that I've enjoyed playing. Corvus is really strong. I don't know. Like, there's not... I, people were like, I don't know if this is going to be good. I had it as my second most powerful card of the month um, after Supergiant. I think we're going to have to eat the L on Supergiant for the time being. But, like, I thought Corvus was very obviously very strong. There's enough ways that Ramp is super strong that if you can play more than one card and you can do more than one powerful thing in a deck, then you're going to do great. Um, I don't know. I think I don't think Corvus is anything like a problem card. I think the ways Corvus is a problem are related to other cards, particularly Lockjaw, particularly like Thanos, and I'm curious to see what Corvus does in a uh, Thanos deck if Lockjaw is removed, whether that's like overpowered or just an interesting deck. My gut says that that is a very good deck, a very interesting deck, but no longer a completely busted deck, though I'm willing to be wrong. I think that um, Corvus's interesting design space, and it's new and it's fun, and I'm all for it. It's a card that I think um, if you have Thanos, you should probably get, or if you like Hella, you should probably get all right, real quick before we move on. Den, open, buy with tokens, or skip? Corvus? Yes. Uh, well, if you already have the two other cards or don't care, I think it's worth the 6k. Otherwise, it's open. I mean, I opened for him, and I was very happy with it. Gunny? Plus, it's it's, it's oh, the kind yeah, of card I mean, that goes with time. Like, unless they nerf it, which we can't like plan for it. There's no way Corvus gets worse. It worst case, it's as good as it's now. Best case, they keep adding discard targets, LO next week, and Corvus only grows in power. So even if you don't like it now, eventually they're gonna print another card that's make gonna make you like it. Gunny? Uh, I have to agree. This is an open week um, if you don't own any of the other two cards. Like, this is probably one of the best weeks of the month because both X23 and Gladiator are super performers. Uh, I know X23 is very localized into destroy decks, really, but it's what makes that deck tick. Um, and then Gladiator has just been showing up all over the place. So, very strong week to open if you don't own those. And then it's worth your 6K tokens. That's what I did. I, I bought it with 6K. Blazer, open, buy, or pass. I mean, if you need the other two cards, it's an easy open because the other two cards are both like top tier cards, right? 
Gladiator is important and X23 is important. So if you need either, please open. But even if not, I think this is a buy. Um, the real question, I think, is what would you rather have, this or Cull? And I think that's a much harder question to answer. That is a hard question. Well, we will talk about that next week when we get to our retrospective. I will also say the X23 variant is lit. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our main topic, Aaron. Why don't you explain to our loyal listeners and loyal viewers what we're going to be doing for the next, for the foreseeable future. For the next several hours, uh, we have four decks that are definitely tier one. I know it says five on the screen. Ignore that. We have four decks that we agreed are tier one. Um, the other decks, we're going to start at a wild card round. They're going to be five through ten. We're going to go through and rank them. This isn't going to be visual on the slides as we talk, but we'll have it at the end. And we're going to start, as always, with the wild card decks. Unless this is your first episode, you've heard us do this basically every month since we came to Snapsome. Cool. Let's get started. I just pressed the weird button. Let's get started with our wildcard decks. I'm going to read through the 16 wildcard decks. We're going to be choosing six of them, although a wildcard deck has in the past, I believe, kicked off a top deck that we agreed on. The decks are Big Dumb Idiots, Beta Ray Hawk, Bounce, Bounce Junk, Discard, Good Cards Junk, Hella Corvus, Hella Tribunal, Inchinot, Lockdown, Loki, Negative, Phoenix, Sarah, Shuri, and Zoom. So six of these cards will make the top ten. We all ready to talk about the first, and we should talk about the first two at the same time as always? Yeah? Yeah. We good? Let's do this. Alright, so our first two decks are Bigger Dumber Idiots by our friend Gunny T. Um, when I realized this was on the list, I was like, oh, Gunny, you gotta come on. So the deck is, right now, Forge, Zero, Armor, Maximus, Cosmo, Gladiator, Atuma, Cullobsidian, Ronin, Blob, Scar, and Destroyer. And against uh, Bigger Dumber will be Hammer Control, which is the Safety Blade uh, version of Beta Ray Bill. It is running basically um, Shadow King, Zabu, Jeff, Scarlet Witch, Killmonger, Mobius, sometimes Ghost Replace, either Killmonger or Mobius. The Thors, um, all three with Beta Ray, Thor, and Jane. Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, and Enchantress. So it's basically saying I get my points from my hammers and I've got all the control pieces to win the game too. Which of these do you think is better? We will start with Den. Because I'm a guess I know Gunny's answer. Uh, well, I tested the hammer control this week because I was curious on how he was doing. Uh, and I haven't tested the other one, but I was very disappointed with the hammer control because unless you get the whole hammer synergy, I feel like the deck is kind of a weaker Sarah control, and I don't really like Sarah control in this meta already. So I'm gonna go with the other deck because I tested one, I didn't like it. Gunny? Yeah, I I am not a big fan of decks with lots of moving pieces. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, Safety did a fantastic job, and he has a great win rate with it. I have had pretty great success with Bigger Dumber Idiots, got me back into top 1k pretty easily. And I think from my experience in the metagame right now, it can contest against some of, you know, against the Thanos and it can contest against Hela. Um, obviously, both can can outdo it, but it has the points to put up on the board, especially if you're focusing on two lanes um, to contest those decks. And that's, I think that's really what we're what we're going to end up pointing to for this whole evening is, is how do you like we, we should probably even look at what the top four are. 
because all we're doing is talking about like can these decks contest with the top four destroys on that list well this so, one has armor and cosmo hell hella yeah it's so the top four are just going to be um hella sandman hella thanos and destroy yeah cool so um i think bigger dumber is an easy pick here uh, I actually like Hammer Control more than my compatriots here. It is more my style deck. But Shadow King feels like a dead card in like 80% of matchups right now. Um, Zabu is great, but you better draw Zabu for this deck to like have any chance against anything. And then you need to draw Zabu and a Thor and Jane, and so it's very draw dependent. I think the Bigger Dumb Radiance is easily ahead of it. I think the Bigger Dumb Radiance is very likely to end up on the list. Um, yeah, Hammer Control is too fiddly. This meta is not a time to whip out your fiddle. It is, uh, <laughs> yeah. So sorry to, Fred, excuse me, friend of the show, uh, Safety Blade, but I think we're going to all pass on this one for now. Right. Uh, the safety call bounce. This is basically the bounce list. I run the hood in mind because running a bounce list where I can't play three demons seems silly to me. But this is basically, it's running the four one-drop bounce package, Forge, Ham, Iceman, and Nico. Again, I run Hood over either Ham or Iceman, depending on my mood. Um, I'm back to making that be um, Ham over Iceman. I was running Iceman over Ham, but um, sometimes you hit Hella, <laughs> right? And that's good. Although sometimes you hit Infinite, and that's bad. Whatever. You, you, t- you win some, you lose some. And then it's running... Um, Beast Falcon and Black Swan as a little package, and then it's got Zabu with Shang-Chi Enchantress, Cull Obsidian, and Werewolf by Night. It is crazy strong. It puts up a distressing amount of power. Um, where are we putting the bounce? Let's let's just go Den Gunny Roymi, so I we can just keep it going. Amongst the reactive decks, which is the decks with Zabu, Shang-Chi, and tech cards included. I think it's one of the only ones which is able to compete with Sarah, uh, with Ella and Thanos and these kind of deck currently. So to me, this is easy top five deck currently. Is it better than bigger, dumber idiots? Yes. Gunny? Yeah, I think it's a proven archetype. The, the one problem I think it's suffering from right now is it does have a cap on how much power it can actually output. Obviously, Shang-Chi can be huge, um, but it it almost caps out a lane at, what, 20-something power? Like, what what is the most we're able to put um, in, in more than one lane? I mean, so, get Werewolf out on 3, and I can get you a lane to 40. So, yeah, I mean, and like, a lot of magic, it, are, like, you, are, are you running... Are you running the hood? Right? Like, let's assume the hood is in this, because, like, this not running the hood. Yeah, to me, Iceman is out for the head most of the time. And I'm not talking about, like, what we can can do if all the stars align. Like, what is our average output of of points? So, one lane 20, and one lane is supposed to be one by tech. Yeah. Like, you get up to, like, you get up to, like, 26-ish, 28-ish in one lane. One lane can usually compete with with the best of a, like, Shuri Red Skull. I played a lot of this. Um, yeah, I love bounce. Right, so like one lane can usually compete with the best of a Shuri Red Skull, and one lane you're saying I should be able to win this. Like I can get to 18 in one lane, and then I can Shang and Enchantress in one lane. And no. if like my my 18 doesn't win in one lane, then the Shang and Enchantress should win in the other. It's a good deck. Absolutely. I mean, it's above it's above uh, Big Dumb Idiots. I, I mean, 
I don't think it's going to take out any of the top four. That's why they're not. That's why it's on the list. But I'd be shocked if this and Big Dumb Idiots didn't make our final list. I think that um, I think this mountains list is great. I just think it's it need it needs like one more piece to be up on the top four though. Like it's so close, but it, it is just lacking a little bit of power. Like in a third lane, you lose to like ten points of power in that lane or something. No, never, never. That never happens. Yeah, because that third lane well, is just demons, right? Like demons handle that problem for you pretty well. Um, you end up in the high teens in every lane. I, I kind of understand what Gunny's saying. The thing we have to consider is this deck is usually more flexible than almost any opponent you can put in front of it. So a lot of the time, you're going to have a bad lane, but you're going to have all the information you need to decide which one it is. And that's often going to be either the bad lane of your opponent, or that's going to be points they need in order to challenge you on the other two. So it's not really that you have a bad lane, it's really that you abandon one, so you literally crush the other two. This deck would love Hitmonkey if Hitmonkey and... um werewolf weren't so goddamn anti-synergy that's why it runs call it runs call almost as like this is hit monkey now yes yeah okay so this is number one currently number two is bigger dumber and number three is hammer control next we have the last season number one deck it is the bounce deck um that is running the annihilus package so it's running again four one drops, but now we've got Nico and um, Hood, and we're ditching. What are we ditching? Iceman and Call. Thank you. And we've got Call is definitely wrong in this tech. I've seen people play Call, by the way. It's not right. Um, we still got the Beast Falcon. We're not bothering with uh, Black Swan. It's not worth it in this deck. We've got Zabu. Then we've got um, Shang, Werewolf Enchantress, Sentry instead of Call, and Annihilus. Uh, where does this deck rank? I think this deck ranks right behind the bounce we just saw. It's I think Bigger Dumber beats this. Really? Just because we changed two cards? Yeah, uh, Cosmo is really obnoxious for this deck. Who's running Cosmo? Yeah, I mean, right so uh, on this so list, like, are, we, are we talking guess, about yeah. a deck that can beat... Into like, the meta. Right, we're talking into, into the, the meta, meta, right? So here's my question. Why isn't this deck better right now? Like, putting stuff on your opponent's side of the board for both Hela and Thanos seems great. I think everyone just stopped playing it. This deck's... It's got it. I mean, it should be good. Oh. So I've already looked through the list. Like, we'll get there eventually. But, like, I feel like putting the, things the, on your opponent's the side of the board problem is, is better right now than it's been. I mean, the beast change really hurt this list. Like, really hurt this list. Yeah, it's just not flexible enough. Like, when you go Sentry on turn 4, you're almost obligated to go Annihilus on turn 5. And a lot of the time, Ella, like, the minus 10 is not enough. Like, if they get the infinite on that lane, or they can Magneto, stuff like that, like, move around some of your pieces... So I just think like minus 10 isn't that good. And the other thing is destroy still is one of the most popular decks in the game. Yeah. And I think Dan, you just kind of touched on something that I didn't really think about. Um, and that is that Sentry is so vulnerable in this list, right? So any Shang-Chi just kind of takes it out. There's no way to protect it. So you're losing your points there. Annihilus is only six points. So if they can somehow block your 10 or just ignore that lane, that's what I do a lot of times. Just ignore that far right lane. Um, it's just, yeah. 
I think that's where it really comes down to is, is it's kind of flexible, but not flexible enough. And that century just dies. And I know Cole dies before, but you you have that extra slot that Annihilus opens up because you're not dropping a negative 10 power thing on your side. I mean, Cull is a turn six play and Sentry is a turn four play is the real difference. Yeah. Like I'm almost never playing Cull early in that list. Mm. Um, Cull is meant to be a play on turn six when I need power. I think this is the third. I just think this deck, like I think, and I think it's really hard to overstate how much beast hammered this list because you cannot beast on five in this list. If you have to Nihilus on five, which means that your werewolf is now like much, much more vulnerable. You don't have the black swan. So like, and you can't play black swan because you also have a Nihilus, right? Like Mm. you end up running face first into like a wall of a problem because beast doesn't work. And because now you're priced into this exact play pattern. I mean, that's what Din just talked about for the, uh, the, the bounce deck was that yeah. you, it's more flexible. It doesn't tell you where your points are going to go in the final turn. This deck tells you where those points are going to go. Yeah. I think this is number three. I mean, honestly, like, as, to me, the discussion was really like, which bounce deck do we keep? And we all agree we're keeping the previous one. I mean, it's two card yeah. difference. It's, yeah, but the cards that change, change the whole deck. Okay, sure. Right, like sometimes two cards change entirely how a deck plays. Yeah, I mean that's because you picked like lynch. I mean, not you picked, but they picked linchpin cards, right? Like mm-hmm. call and century, while nominally similar cards are actually radically different cards. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I definitely agree here that this is an inferior deck list. And I also don't think it's leveraging the strengths of the annihilus package. Yeah, as Roy well makes as a great point. Be, so. Right, so like Nico and Iceman swap in this deck, that's not a, a big deal. Like those could just happen. No. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying yeah, like in, it's, it's not a linchpin card, so like he's talking about linchpin cards making and breaking decks. Like if you were to add, if you're going to take Nico out of this deck and put an Iceman there instead, like it's the same deck. Yes. But I think you're underselling how good Nico is in bounce. That that's a hundred percent true. But but like let's let's talk about the the the, the philosophical point Gunny's trying yes, to reinforce. I get it. How I about how about we pick? Uh, uh, well, we have three the four most impactful one drops here, right? But you know, let's say Hood, right? Which is impactful, but you know, not necessarily as impactful as Nico could be sometimes, right? Or Spider Ham that could just win games for you, right? And swap it out with another one drop, right? It's yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, I get it. I get it. Let's move on. This deck is done. All right. Discard Dracula. So, Beautiful deck. Um, This is the standard discard Dracula, except now it runs Corvus Glaive. It's got the Meek Collector Swarm thing going. Um, I'm going to straight up say I think the um, the Black Swan versions of this are better than the Corvus versions of this. Not Black Swan. Um, Supergiant yeah, versions of this are better. Really? Yeah. Wait, I think what's that the card that's better than Supergiant is better than Corvus for this list. Supergiant is better than Corvus in discard. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm listening. So what you end up doing is you either hide your Modok so that you can play Wong on it. Obviously, two cards different, right? So you can play Wong on it, and then like your opponent doesn't know that power explosion, they can't stop it. 
unless they have a life, they can't really stop it. And you just go completely like crazy with power to end the game. Okay, wait. How do we use Cosmo as an excuse for the previous Vic, and then he doesn't exist for this one? He does. Um, it's just a lot of places aren't playing Cosmo. So Cosmo is great when Cosmo is present, right? How present is Cosmo? Cosmo is coming back. If Cosmo is coming back, then this deck is much more dangerous, right? Okay. Um, I think Cosmo is coming back largely just because people are... I mean, look, Cosmo is good and should always kind of be played. But Cosmo is a meta presence right now because people are desperate for anything that can stop Hello. So is that, yeah, that might push this one above. I just, I don't know. This is like the bottom deck on the list for me, but go ahead. Convince me otherwise. No, I mean, this. Um, I think Discord Dracula got better with Corvus. It's just every deck with Ella is better than this one inside the Discord synergy. So it's unfortunate, but this one is not going to be very high because inside its own archetype, it's like four, 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 fifth. And it's really hard to say as a French guy. Gunny? Hey, I think this just kind of um, is a little fickly at times, right? Ha- the things have to line up correctly. If you draw them out of order, then uh, it ends up being a little bad. I think this deck will be much better next week, possibly. So, Or something along this line of doing some discardy things uh, and ending up somewhere in the middle. Um, and then people play this deck very poorly a lot for some reason. Um, also got to look at where your stats come from. So a lot of your stats are coming from Collector and Morbius. A lot of people will stack those two into the same lane just to get enough power, especially if you're not doing the, um, um, the Wong stuff where you're like doubling up on that. Uh, they need both of those cards almost to be in the same lane to defeat some of the hella stuff going on. And then you're relying on Dracula and maybe like a Modoc to win a different lane. So that's where I think it kind of peters out is, um, just being, it can put the power out there to, to beat some of these other big decks, but things have to line up a lot better than they do for those other decks. Right. Uh, Corvus, I think gave this deck um, a little bit more flexibility if it's hands are awkward and does let you play Helicarrier, which is like what I said uh, earlier, which I think being able to like actually leverage Helicarrier, if things again, go sideways, I think, one of Discard's biggest problems up to this point was its Plan Bs all completely sucked. And now its Plan Bs are just okay, which is a huge upgrade from where it was before. I think you're definitely right that, like, in a world where Hala is, you know, queen, this is maybe a little bit weaker. I think it's less random, like, in where it puts its power which can be a strength to Hela because like sometimes Hela loses to itself and this deck played semi-competently seldom loses to itself um, the way Hela can, but because it's more predictable, I think it makes it more vulnerable to hate in the form of Cosmo in the form of a well-placed Shang-Chi or other, uh, or other things. So I think really, I think this is definitely better than the, uh, bounce deck that we poo-pooed on previously but it's definitely so i would put this at third of the three decks we've talked about um and it will probably slip down further uh, as we go along oh i forgot that we were putting this in a place i think this goes after big dimity it says my personal opinion i don't i don't think this can be a bounce deck it's got it's got to be after bounce 
I think it's after bounce as well. As for the big immediates, I think it's in that same range. It's just whoever gets the better draw and gets the most points in between the two if we were to get them to face off. Um. So this is... Is this better than Junk Bounce, though? We haven't gotten there. Like, I think Big Dummy Dates is better. I think Junk Bounce is better. Sure. I mean, it's... Yeah. I don't know. To me, Junk Bounce is just a debate of whether we consider it to be a separate deck, deck than than the other Bounce, or is just which bounce is the better one currently. Okay. I'm going to throw it there for now. I don't think either of these are likely to make it, but let's see. Next up, good cards junk. This is our Darkhawk list. There's always a Darkhawk list. Um, this is our Darkhawk list. It also runs the Annihilus package. It also runs Alive, because why would it not? That's the list, right? Like, it's literally the Darkhawk package, plus the Annihilus package, plus Alive. This deck is good. This deck is starting with Din, right? Yeah, yeah. This deck is good. To me, it's like behind the the good bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh and like in between that bounce and that other group of decks, basically. I have a so hard time two. keeping the rankings in mind because so I mean, number I'm, two right now is still big bigger dumber. Idiots. Number two right now, uh, then he takes number two. It's also more flexible, and I think this metagame, in a way, kind of rewards being flexible, because at least you can pick which deck you're going to go against. Like, for example, this list has Shadow King, which I personally think most people should cut at this point, and should play instead like a Rogue, or Mm -hmm. a Mobius, that kind of stuff. So. I think like if you're if we're not talking about the very best decks in the game, which we haven't really gone to except for bounce, um, you need to be like flexible enough so you can adapt. And this deck does it while some of the decks we've seen previously can't. All right, so this is the deck I was actually most excited to talk about. Um, how does this perform against Thanos? That's that's one question I really got. You want the answer? Um, did Thanos see Blob? Yeah, I mean, if Thanos didn't see Blob, it's got a really, really great backdrop. And if and Thanos maybe that Shadow King spot is like is like the real one that needs to change because this yeah. deck this deck plays really well into Hella, does it not? You're putting a bunch of rocks in there, so you're making their lockjaw kind of awful. Uh-huh. I run, um, I personally run Grandmaster in that spot. I could see a Grandmaster there. Uh, for a double Shang Chi or something. Yeah, you can double um, Shang Chi, and if you and if yeah, you're not ready on four, kind of stuff. Double rocks. Your turn five when you don't sentry is kind of dead, and being able to go okay, so now I'll just throw my rock slider widow over. Yeah, yeah I th- I think that this is probably number two because it has so many good matchups. Blob is the bad matchup. Right? I, I think it, Blob and Leech. I, I think this deck just it it's a lot better than and people aren't playing it right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's got to be good, especially into Hella. It just beats Hella unless they get lucky. Yeah, but they do. <laughs> I know. And it always feels bad. So, yeah, I run a very different version of this. I don't think it even needs the junk package, although the junk package is obviously very good, right? Throwing things on both, um, again, as noted earlier, throwing things on both um, Hela and Thanos' side of the board 
is extremely frustrating for them. I think this is pretty easily number two right now. Um, and I would be shocked again. Th- like, I think we've got three of our six decks we're looking for very likely right now. And this is going to be one of them. Yeah. Whether I think whether we, we talked about this earlier right? too, I think this deck does have a power cap on it though. Yeah. Yes. But the power uh, is in the way it wins. Like yeah. it's, it has enough power to compete. I I completely yep. agree. It's on the lower end of the spectrum when we look at like the best decks and the power they can put out. But it's on the super high end of the disruption part. And this is how it competes with the Hela. This is how it competes with the Thanos. It's, it has enough power and it limits the opponent's power enough so that it balances out. Yeah. I think Thanos spanks it sometimes, though. I think that's the real problem. Definitely. The, the problem with this Love. deck is if you don't get a hot start or if your disruption doesn't land, you feel like you're yeah. playing a terrible deck. Yep. That's true. And if you don't see Zabu, you're just a little sad. It's also the most boring deck that we've looked at this entire time. <laughs> like this deck is like literally, I, I'm about to fall asleep. I mean, it's like a Friday night, like kind of late here, but it like just look question. at these cards. Like it wasn't the question. Like, Why do people don't complain about Zabu the same way they complain about everything else? Well, the answer is because we have a little bit more leeway about Zabu because the decks around Zabu keep moving. But the reality mm-hmm. is, a year ago, we were still doing Zabu plus Darkhawk and something. Except well, that something. a lot of people don't realize that Zab- Zabu's beating them. They think Shang-Chi's beating them. That's why they want Shang-Chi to cost five. They think that Sentry's yeah. beating them. They think the Iron Lads and Darkhawks are beating them. They're not. Zabu's beating them. Yes. Iron because Lads should probably be Enchantress in this list. I think Shadow King should be a rogue or something like that. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're close. Whatever. Not the perfect list, but still number two. The standard discard that runs Corvus and Hella. I've yet to play this list, then. I've played against it. I've not played this one. I've played a variation of it. Uh, yeah, but whatever. there was like Magneto and Infinite. Like it was much closer to the current Ella Lockjaw, and there was less discard in it. It's... I mean, I think I pulled this one from your tier list, but. No, because there's your name on it. I copied it for whatever reason. Sometimes I copy it, sometimes I don't. I'm pretty sure I did, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure this is not the Corvus Discord list from the tier list. I'll check because I don't yeah, like to say stupid stuff. But... It's okay. No, that one's elsewhere. Don't worry about it. Um, if that if that one's not there, that one's elsewhere. Yeah, it's not. It's not the same. So one. there's the Sandman version. That's a, I think that's a different deck. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, is this list good? Is kind of what I'm asking. I, I think it's not refined yet. I think it's like it's on the way. But for example, the one like the the Corvus Discord from the tier list, I think it's more advanced. Like for example, they started playing Colleen and uh, Lockjaw in it to have that kind of synergy with Swarm. These kind of stuff, Ooh. I think that helps. That definitely helps the deck more. Um, as for where the deck is right now it's hard to say because i mean the hella decks are so good <laughs> i think it's gonna make the list but like the archetype is gonna make the list i would i wouldn't play it this way so it's hard to judge i mean the refined version of this deck is just the hella deck right like right. i think the refined version just cuts apocalypse 
I mean, it doesn't even necessarily cut Apocalypse. Like, I just think it just, yeah, it cuts Apocalypse for, like, Lockjaw and maybe this Gambit package. Like, I think the refined version is, like, what am I trying to say here? Like, this is just an attempt to do the Hala thing in a less consistent way. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's just all this deck is. Like, if you want to do the powerful Hella thing, but you don't, you want to be, like, the cool kid, the, like, the hipster of Hella, like, this is, this is what you would play. Like, this is, for example, what I would play if I was like, I want to play a Hella deck. I want to play this, <laughs> right? Like, I was like, I don't want to do what those, like, bad people that Glazer and Hooglin and Can Best are making mo- videos about, you know, how bad the Hella meta is. Who like, made any videos about I'm it? I'm just teasing you, Glazer. Like, I'm... Like, I don't want to be one of those bad guys. I want to be one of the good guys who's playing just a shitty version of the bad deck. And that even though it's a, or of the bad guy deck, to be clear, uh, even though it's not that shitty, because not only is Howl really powerful, I think the baseline discard cards are powerful enough at this point. And you just like kind of smash them together without an intentionality. And that makes it like less consistent, but it makes it cooler and more fun. I don't like it. I almost feel like Hella is the worst card in deck. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I just, mean, especially whenever you're you're looking at other Hella decks that are pulling back twenty power dudes. All I you're think doing this is, is the back part that's junk. missing with this deck. It's like it's too far into the Discord port without Dracula in it, and not far enough in the Hella port with Ella in it. This is where I'm having a problem with this list. The so worst card in this deck is Swordmaster, by the way. I don't. Let's say Swordmaster sure. is Infinite and Hellcow is Magneto. Let's yeah, say I mean, Swordmaster is Infinite and Hellcow is Magneto. There's also, there's also too much random. Can Ghost Rider be a, Can I have Dracula? Can Ghost Rider be Dracula, please? Sure. Then we are just literally the discard Now deck we're just making Ella. the discard deck that we're running okay, okay, then so I'll just add one thing. The end. Then I it's going to be just at the Ellie end. Carrier is going to be the worst list. And that's the list. Yeah. But, uh, this I will, I'll be honest with you. I actually don't think this is the worst list because I think this has way more upside than the Bounce Junk deck, which I actually do think is the worst list that we've had here. Okay. Like, I think you just got to high roll people with Hella sometimes with this deck in a way that that Junk Bounce deck is just not going to do. I'm excited to see what happens when Corvus Glaive has a whole handful of Helicarrier cards next week. All right, I'm, let's just move on. This isn't <laughs> going to be a thing. All right, uh, this is. I'm playing this um, list tonight, by the way, when I do my dailies. I guess tomorrow. So that's this how we're was, done with this episode. This is the uh, classic invisible Modoc Hella deck. It's just much more consistent, and Eliath has disappeared. It's literally my whole logic of putting it here. It's got a reasonable ish play rate right now. And like, no, if no one's playing Goliath, this is a real deck. Is this like, are we going to have the other uh, tribunal deck? Like, are we going to have the negative tribunal or just yeah, it's on here. Zabusera mm-hmm. tribunal in yeah. the list? Uh-huh. Yep. Then this the makes it list, yes. because I want to keep the spot for those ones. I think like it's the same discussion as in Discord. Inside the tribunal shenanigans, this is the worst one to me. Why? Because this dies to more things than his counterparts, and you have less control over it than your, the counterparts as well. Because the other ones Mor- have like backup plants with Miss Marvel, which you can still okay. onslaught. Because the negative gives you like turns that allow you to catch up if you didn't get a good start. Well, this one is just 
please happen. Please don't have Alioth. Please don't have Cosmo. There's too many please for me. Yeah, please don't play Thanos Stone on your magic lane. I, I agree. So, this deck is. Oh, go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. I said put one. Okay. I, just, I think it's. I think it's fragile. There's just ways to interact with it that the other ones uh, don't necessarily have the weakness to. This this deck list made me think of the last one as well. I think it's a step backwards in how this archetype is evolving, right? Like I think that several metas ago, like this is an old school, like right when Living Tribunal came out version of Living Tribunal. But I think yeah. in the winter we learned like it's much better to just do Iron Man bullshit and just like stack up Iron Man's with a backup plan of Miss Marvel like Dan laid out. Like that's just kind of like a much better version of like what to do with living tribunal, which has way more le- way less moving parts, which gives you way more outs when you don't exactly draw your cards, right? Like your mystique can double a miss Marvel, right? And that can be enough power in like games where both, both decks are kind of like not doing much. Right. And this deck kind of just relies on everything coming together. And it's very like your Modoc does this, which Hella does like, you don't need this moving. We've proven that Living Tribunal is consistent enough cards without this many moving pieces. So this may, just like the discard Helladeck that we just looked at, like Helladecks have proved you don't need to do the discard bullshit. And I think the discard bullshit has proven that it doesn't need Hella to be consistent at this point. So it just feels like an old deck list that somebody didn't delete and decided to start playing. Um, yeah. All right, bottom of the list for now. I hear no vetoes. Yeah, in Sh- bottom Speaking list. of old lists that don't exist anymore, it's in Shinot. I have nothing Is more this, to say, but no. This has no chance of being on the list, right? We can just move it, on? Yeah, it just lacks power now. This deck could be yeah. really annoying still, but yes. I mean, it still sure, has the same bleach. problems, but now there's it's be, being constantly outpowered as well. Yeah. yeah, and it's very predictable, right? So you you know where to throw your Shang if you throw priority. It's just been around so long that people know how to counter it. There's so much destroy out there, getting rid of your one drops. Yeah, I think this is Kyara, but we need an infusion of new blood for Inchinots, and until then, it's like it's there. Cool. Take out Kyara. All right, next lockdown. Uh, I think this is better than people think. This is better than people think. I think Lockdown is really good because it has a chance to adapt against Ella. Like you can play Goose, you can play Jean Grey, you can play that kind of stuff. But the current ways we're playing Lockdown, which is with Storm, doesn't really make sense. Like, Call Obsidian is bullying Storm and Thanos, and Ella is just looking at Storm. It's like, who cares about that card anymore? So I, I think Lockdown as an archetype has a lot of potential, but the way we're playing it now maybe doesn't make sense. So Eliath is really, really good against Ella. Eliath is really good against Ella. It, like yes. if, if So you're not using Storm to win a lane against Hella. You're using Storm to make it obvious where Hella is going to be played. Mm. I mean, kind of. You're I want to say yes, but the thing is, Corvus is looking at you and saying, like, hey, I can play Ella on five now. That is fair. If they're, I don't know. So the Hella on five decks have been the least impressive thing in the world to me. 
like I have not been impressed by the hell on five decks. Like I think hell is still significantly better on six. I think you need the turns to get that stuff going. Yeah, but also hell, hell super on, giant. But hell on five is a good out, right? Like that's that's it gives you the option to do it. Like obviously, ideally, you do need you do need the extra turns to have the the ceiling of the deck. But sometimes, like a hella on five and it landing in a storm lane, one of those is like enough to Doesn't stop. Super giant, just turn that off. Again, if you see Super Giant, yes. Sure, sure, but everything's if you see. If you see Hella, if you see Elioth, right? Like, if you saw Storm, blah, 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 blah. We're playing the if you see game a lot here. Um, I don't think this is the perfect version, but I think this has a way better matchup than we like to give it credit for. I think at least you can work on the matchup. There are some decks that can't even work on it. This one can work on it. So this this one has a real chance of getting better. Like Inchinot that we just talked before is doomed. And it's funny because it's I, this one playing Doom, actually. But I think this is our number four deck right now. I think it goes Bounce, Good Cards, Junk, Bigger, Dumber, and then this. I haven't tested Bigger, Dumber, so I can't argue which one is three and four, but sure. Danny? Yeah, I can see that. Um, it makes it's a solid case for it. I just I don't have a lot of trouble against Lockdown, so it's a tough yeah. one for me. I think Bigger, Dumber beats the crap out of Lockdown. But is the tiebreaker right. just to assess the power of decks one against each other? Yeah, basically, when we get close enough to, like, these two decks are basically the same thing. Okay. You compare them against the meta, and if their meta matchups are relatively similar. Um, Bigger Dumber can also beat Thanos, and this can't beat Thanos. I think Thanos is Lockdown's real problem. I can see that. All right. Loki. Uh, so Loki is still really good. This is a very interesting version of Loki. This is, I know who made this. This is, uh, Spyros, I believe. Okay. I think so. Yes. So, um, I've seen versions trying to run Professor X now too. Yeah. And I've seen versions cutting other cards to run like Juggernaut and Cosmo. Loki Which is to down. say, if you've got priority, you can juggernaut the Hella into a Cosmo lane. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Loki's just Loki. I don't know why the fuck Storm is in this list. I still don't think Storm should be in this list. I understand that you're trying to go Storm Juggernaut, but like, I think that's just a waste. To me, um, that Storm should be a Mirage, a Sentinel, or a Rogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, agreed. Rogue is where I would go. But yeah, um, I like Sentinel. I don't like Mirage. I still think Mirage is a mistake in all of these lists. Um, I think Ms. Marvel is also like a mistake. I think you pick Ms. Marvel or Omega Red and call it a day. I don't think you're supposed to try both anymore. Here's a but, question for you for this uh, meta tier list. Who Who is the audience of, of player, right? So you put this deck in the hands of the right people. Like this is one of the best decks in, in the decks that we've talked about. You talk about the larger community. Um, it's not. And then are we talking about conquest or ladder? And so we're trying to we're assuming a very good player. Yeah, okay. and it's kind of the same problem. Like we discuss it, I think, every time I come on the show is like it's it's the bounce question. Mm-hmm. There are maybe three percent of the player base which are able to play bounce at the level we're gonna rank it where yeah. it's ranked today. 
while most people are going to play bounce and tell you it's like a tier seven deck because yep so like every time i post a bounce list i'm like i win all my games and people are like i can't win with this at all i'm like fucking come on yes so i think this is number one of the decks we talked about i don't to me, better. to me, Loki is struggling right now because stealing Hela's hand or Thanos' hand isn't that good. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't like. I don't think Loki has lost a lot of raw power. I just don't think this is the meta game for Loki. So, I mean, Loki has a blob problem, right? Like, at the end of the day, blobs is really, really bad for Loki. And hell is not great for Loki unless you have Quinjet. And Loki exactly on four. You know, I just kind of realized for the Thanos uh, Loki matchup is like, how many times do you have Shang-Chi in hand that you need to win against Thanos? And then you have to choose if you're going to be a Loki deck and trying to outstat them Uh and use your Shang-Chi or if you're going to Loki that stuff away to try to get their good stuff. Yep, all the combos are super dependent and super draw dependent. One of my favorite things Loki, um, some versions of Loki do, is they'll like utterly fill their hand for when they Loki so they can't Loki play certain things. But then you still have like two draws to get them. It's a problem. Like, it's genuinely a problem. I'm not even sure. Like, all right. I don't think this is ahead of good cards junk either. No. I think this is probably number three over Bigger Dumber. It spanks bigger dumber. I'll tell you that much. So much you I know, hate. That, like, well, and it, and, it, and it spanks lockdown, right? Like this deck cares not for lockdown. Yeah, it's like thank you for your cheaper lockdown. Like, I just play awesome cards at great rates, yeah. and then Loki's yeah. like, "Yeah, I do that better." Thanks. Yeah, so I'm gonna put Loki number three for now. Is anyone arguing that? No, I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right. The negative Hella Enjoyer Tribunal. Uh. I hate this list like a lot. It's very good. This is, I just think it's mean. This is why I hate it. It's because it's good. Like is this I better am, than bounce am, right now? In, like it kind of is, right? In my player's head, this deck shouldn't be allowed to be as good as it is right now. But I also know <sighs> it's good because it faces a lot of Ella. Yes. So it's hard. But it really beats Hella. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. Look, it's re- it, if Thanos doesn't re- waste its reality stone because it doesn't know what it's playing, it beats Thanos too. Yes. Re- reality stone is how Thanos beats this, right? I, I don't think negative has been as good as it currently is in a very, very long time. And I mean, I mean there's this deck, and there's also a negative destroy list. Which mm-hmm. doesn't beat uh, Tan- uh, Ella as much, but spanks Destroy like with a passion. Like you can mm-hmm. snap against Destroy even when you don't negative. You beat them yeah. by that much. So I don't like. I really think like we haven't seen negative as good as it currently is for a very long time. Now is the problem of this deck that Saratech beats it pretty easily? No, because you drop a cube. The thing is. Against Saratech or stuff like that, you just drop a cube. While Destroy, Thanos, Ella, these kind of decks, they're going to stay based on their hand. So a lot of the time, they're going to stay in your snaps. 
So it's worse in Conquest by a fair amount, though. And Enchantress totally Information ends Information hurts it by a million. And, and Thanos can beat it, right? Thanos can stay in if they haven't used Reality Stone. Reality Stone beats this deck. They haven't used Reality Stone. I mean, not always. It all depends on your... Th- like, Reality Stone can definitely beat it some of the time, but if you're starting car, If you see... If, if your two-drop is... Ravona, and you see negative on four, which is just as reliable, reliable of them drawing Reality Stone when you magic. You can beat that. Like you don't have to have seven turns to win with this version of negative. It's great, and Smoot makes the deck more consistent. But there are plenty of times when you play negative on four. I think the six turn versions tend to they're easier to outpower they they yes they can win but they have a much lower power ceiling unless they draw very very well yeah and, if whatever and, you only get six turns to this deck you end up at like around 20 power per lane and that means like a blob can win a lane and then like a scar no yeah. scar call can win a lane right like like <sighs> i don't love the thanos matcher i think this is the I, top deck we've talked about so far I don't love the Thanos matchup either, but I don't think it's like auto-retreat. Sure, sure. Nothing is auto-loss. In, in Marvel's well, time, nothing is auto-loss. Well, not right? auto-loss, but like I think you're like close to 50% against Thanos. You're like 45 against Thanos with this deck. Super Scroll is really good against Thanos. For some okay, it depends. Like, sometimes all you're getting is a freaking Time Stone, right? Like, Thanos isn't running that many. This deck will take a Time Stone. Not not Time Stone, uh, Soul Stone, excuse me. Well, there's the Dino. Yeah, they don't have to play Dino, though, right? Like, Oh, trust me, they do. I don't think so. Not with Call. They play I mean, there's a lot of decks that are just cutting Dino right now because yeah. of, of Corvus Glaive. Yeah. Like, Thanos, I don't know if Thanos is, even cares about Dino very much anymore. I don't know. I played... Whatever, this, played is, a, this is our top deck so far, right? Nah, we could bounce ahead. Maybe for it. you guys, I played probably about 15 games with it, and I I went negative, but that's because I don't do combo well. I'm just not a combo player. So I can definitely... I mean, Hella Enjoyer just won the, the C Esports... Uh, cup yeah, but qualifier Hell Enjoyer is also completely OP with this style of deck. Right. right? Like, Hell, I mean, Enjoyer so. is, Hell Enjoyer is far and away the best player of this type of deck, I think, in the world. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I this is fine. definitely one of the top two or three decks. So I'm fine putting it behind Bounce. Ahead or behind Bounce. I would keep like, I would give the top spot to Bounce so far. Also, Dear listeners, go check out Helen Joyer on Twitch. Wonderful person. Typing negative tribunal and then we'll move on. All right. Boop, boop, wrong thing. Right thing. Phoenix. This probably isn't on the list, but hey, this version of Phoenix, uh, you don't need a PhD to play. So I think it's better for everyone who's not named Jet. It's the Nimrod version. Yeah. I do love this deck. I've lost a lot of cubes playing this deck, but I do love it. I don't think it's good, but I think it'll get you to infinite. Yep. 
All right, let's move on. We're, we're, there's no point. I just wanted to say I like Phoenix. Uh, the Jet Phoenix. version in Jet's hands is a top five deck, but in anyone else's hands, it's not. So next up is Sarah Control. Is this deck just dead? I think it's in a really, really bad spot currently. Yeah. Like I worse agree. than Lockdown, right? Yes. Better than Junk Bounce. Yeah. This is the Revis famous deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the meta, this was the best deck for like a week, and then the meta was like, no, thank you. It's the most controversial Marl Snap deck ever made. <laughs> uh, by who? By that's, who? The, that's the question. That... <laughs> by untap.gg. Yeah, clearly. Uh, well, whatever. This one runs Jeff, not Lizard, so it's not the same deck. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually Dan Hearthstone. So congratulations, so, Dan. You made the most controversial deck in Marvel I'm Snap. I'm Dan Marvel Snap. So I've actually oh, got go. a funny thing to say about that, but I will say it off air. Uh, so <laughs> if you remind me. All right. Shuri. No. Is this, so this the version isn't the right you list. came up with? This isn't the right list. No, this is uh, I just went and pulled the top Shuri off okay. untapped. It had a better win rate than the top Marvel Snap zone Shuri. Um, this list is good. This list is good. This list is good. If Hella doesn't put power in the right location, this beats Hella. Tell me I'm not. Tell me I'm crazy. No, I, I mean, it's the same argument I made about the discard deck, right? Like, it could beat Hella because it consistently knows where it puts its power every single game, right? Like, this deck gets to choose where it wants to contest in a way that Hella can't necessarily do. And that's going to give it a lot of upside. It can also produce some pretty, particularly with like stupid shit with Kitty Pride. This can, this version can like engage in really dumb things that a Hella deck can lose to. But the Hella deck can also just blow this out of the water if its cards go right. So, does this beat Thanos or destroy? Not does it beat destroy? Not sometimes. consistently, but you can right. armor. Them. Like it has armor, but it could beat destroy a reason one of the time. I don't. I don't know. I'd rather play destroy than Thanos with this deck. So I think Thanos has a reasonable shot at going over the top of it. Thanos also runs Shang. That's what I mean. So Shang's Shang's a problem. Is it though? Like, like not if you do the Shuri line. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think that uh, I don't think this is better than most of the things that we have on the list so far. I don't know if I agree, but I think everyone stopped playing it, so it's less of a concern. One Maybe. of the greatest gifts ever given to me, Marvel Snap. I absolutely hate playing against this deck. Really? I always every, things I like tend to be Cherry Red Skull. Like bounce so, giggles at Cherry Red Skull. It's like, oh thank you. Predictable power. Woof. I can play around that. No, I'm just a hater of this deck, so don't have much more to say about it, but I've never been unbiased about Shuri. My opinion has been the same for the past six months. I just don't want to see it on the list for personal reasons. <laughs> fine. We can keep it off the list nah, since everyone here know. hates it. I'm not the only one I think, here. Look, but... I think there's a real argument it's better than Lockdown. It's better than what? The Lockdown? Because you said Lockdown. Mm-hmm. Lockdown. Oh. Uh, I think in the current metagame it might. But I don't want to tell people. 
Fine, let's move on. Uh, this has no business being on the list, but it's my favorite list right now, and I just wanted to talk about it. It's our last deck. It is the Woodward's 15k rank, so he can't climb like 15,000 ranks with it. I've been playing this off and on all day. I think this is an absolute joy to play. I honestly think he- this deck has a shot with Proxima on Tuesday. Uh, it beats, like, just beats, just for the record. Straight up, will win against Hella a lot. I did it all day. Gunny saw me. Like, it puts up 20 power in every lane. Yeah. I honestly don't mind this deck. What were you losing against? Oh, you were losing against Killmonger. That yeah, was it. Killmonger, yes. well, that, so that was stupid. I lost eight. But no, so you beat Killmonger. Um, what happened was X-Men, I lost eight with this. X-Mansion gave my opponent a um, super giant. Sure. And they put the Killmonger behind Supergiant. Sure. Sounds like a so great play. Good so job. I couldn't throw it. priority. Yes, I couldn't throw priority. But otherwise, I have only one one drop on my board before turn six. I literally go Sunspot, pass, Bishop, uh, Kazar, Black Swan, everything. There's only yeah. one thing I don't good. like about this deck. And that's the sunspot. So that's, you don't like the sunspot? That's about it. Yeah. So sunspot um, is occasionally like eight power because on the last turn of the game, sometimes you'll just have like, you won't have a second thing to do. You'll have just like a hit monkey or a strong guy to play. Right. And that means your sunspot's getting plus three power on the last turn of the game. And it's just got like an extra two on turn two. And now your sunspots a five, and then if you played a super giant on turn four instead of Kazar, it's now a three six. Shit like that. What does that electro want to kill? Uh, largely, um, I mean anything, but especially uh, Black Knight. Hmm. Gunny was there when I giggled uncontrollably and snapped on killing a Black Knight. Yeah, it was it was great. What else I, did you lose to though? Because I remember you were maybe about- just its own deck and a point here or there sometimes. That's what it felt like. It felt like when you lost, it was only by like a couple of points and like guessing wrong between <laughs> where you're putting your Electra or your Blade. Yep. Yep. Just a point here and there, just trying to count it up and be like, you got to be perfect. Um, it's really good. Like, this is the best, like, Black Swan, Black Swan deck. Like, if with previous Bishop, the um, other Black Swan decks wouldn't run Black Swan. This deck doesn't want Bishop, it wants Black Swan. Okay. Uh, this deck is very close to being really good. It would be very, 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 very nice if um, four se- our 4 7 friend made it very good. Oh, I think you also lost another game to like a Shadow King. No, I beat that. That's right. Yeah. So, what if you wanted to replace Martyr? What would you replace Martyr with? Forge. Forge. Okay. So Forge is less power, right? By two. Yeah. But, um, One, a three. bunch of people. So I talked about this on Doug Pie stream for a little while. Um, and they were like, why not Hawkeye? I was like, because you have to play Hawkeye a turn early. Makes sense. I think you people re- play like, this that's deck wrong. Lightning, that's negative. Oh, yeah. I watched Doug Pie play it completely wrong. I had yeah. to like re-explain every move. You don't you don't like, play one drops play this in terribly. this deck. You play Sunspot. Yeah, you play Sunspot. 
and then like it, you keep the sixth card out of your hand, or I guess the seventh card mm-hmm. out of your hand, so you can draw a card next turn. Other than yep. that, like, yep, you're not playing one drops. Yep, zero's unbelievable. I watched um Doug Pie throw an eight cuber by going to Tanya into Electra when he could have easily gone Electra, and I'm just literally like play Electra first, play Electra first, play Electra first in chat, and then like Electra killed a card and then sent Tanya into that newly opened spot. Oh. I got the best win where my opponent had a hood oh, yeah. and bar with no name. And I played um, Titania and Electra there. So I killed the hood. So by negative three, and then my Titania went over there and that won the bar with no name. That was pretty awesome. It was very awesome. Yeah, this deck is awesome. It does not belong on the list, but if you are a whatever the name of that type of player is, then you should play this. This probably falls in like Jimmy? the the Timmy line. Yeah, Timmy. It's super fun. All right, we can move on from this. All right. The other four decks are Corvus Ramp, Destroy, Hell Lockjaw, and Thanos Lockjaw. And there's something I want to talk about on Thanos Lockjaw. Let's do it. So our, our first deck is Hella Corvus. This is immediately going to be number one on our list, yes? This mm. is the Sandman Ramp version of Hella Corvus. Can I be a dick? Yeah. I wouldn't even put it top five because I think this particular list is shit. Sure. Fine, not this list. The list in general. Yeah, the archetype is really good. And I think Corvus Ramp is really good. But I think Electro is like shooting yourself in like for absolutely no reason. What do you put in, in place of Electro? Uh... The uh, the Sif? the list that we've been trying, and I think like both Safety and I tweeted the same is like list with like oh, that one? Black Knight, Sunspot, yeah. Armor, and it yeah. just makes much much more sense. I think these <laughs> one gained a lot of traction because several content creators shared them. Mm, because uh, Cozy tweeted yeah, it, right? But to be like a little blunt about it, I really don't like those lists. Look, spoiler: I think that the Corvus versions of Hella are worse than the non-Corvus versions. I'm going to die on that hill. All right. Give me an octagon. All right. Um, either way, this is our number one for now. Yes. Or is this actually better than Bounce? No, right? It's hey, Sandman. It, like, it depends which public we're talking to. If we're talking to players who have four hours a day onto Marvel Snap and can learn Bounce ins and out, it's Bounce. If we're talking to the average player who's doing dailies on the toilet, it's this one. Yeah, I think it takes it over bounce. Just okay. for the mat, like exactly what Din said, like this is so easy to play. It plays itself. It it can even so this deck can beat the bounce deck when you play wrong, right? Whereas the bounce deck has to be played mm-hmm. exactly right to beat it. Fair. Destroy. Somewhere in top three, depending on yeah. the same thing. I think this is ahead of the Hella deck. I think Destroy hmm. is better than Hella. Not this version. I don't like Zola, but I think Destroy is better than Hella. I don't know if I agree with that. I think the, the Destroy is is countered by some decks so easily. So D- Destroy kind of fluctuates in how good it is at times. Um, and now maybe one of those times, but I don't know. Like it, it, it just so vulnerable to tech cards. Sure. 
I think tech cards are about at an all-time low, except for Cosmo. Well, the short is like super love Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. But like, unless they have the Pryo Cosmo thing, right? Like, and Destroy is decent at keeping Pryo. That's part of why I don't like Zola. I think that um, you want that extra Destroy outlet of either Deathlock or Grandmaster for exactly that reason. Like, I think Destroy was basically off the list when Sarah was the best deck, but I think right now it's better than the previous list, even the better version that we're talking about from uh, Den and Safety. Yeah, Which I mean, is, I think way, I in my video, jaded experience going live against the same it as well. As the, the deck I'm mostly playing You're right playing now is, the ultimate, like, is my big dumb idiot, so it just beats us. So I'll take your, I'll take your guys' just experience. Just for the record, that, that uh, version of Okay, so the version of uh, Glaive is Sunspot, Black Knight, Blade, Armor, Corvus, and Sif, and then a billion six drops. Hella, She-Hulk, Magneto, Giganto, Infinite, and Death. Okay, so I think Destroy is the most consistent deck here. Like, uh, I think it is also, I think, the most easily targetable because it's consistent. So... I would probably put it behind Hella, but above and, and maybe behind Bounce. But you know, like I'll bow to the Bounce players about whether they think Bounce or Destroy is better. Um, but I think that this is easily a powerful pillar of the meta game, with or without Arlem Zola, who I also have mixed feelings about having played a lot of Destroy in the winter. He sometimes busted, and other times, like you would literally want to draw any other card. I, You'd rather draw I a rock sometimes than Arlenzola. I think because, um, <laughs> how do you call it? Uh, because Ella, some lists, at least the ramp lists, are playing more of armor. It's going to hurt destroy, but yeah, for now, destroy is a top trick. So, I have Destroy at 1, Den has Destroy at 1, Roy has Destroy at 2, Gunny, 1 or 2? I think it's behind Hella. I think it's 2. So we have two 1s and two 2s, how do we decide? Let Den decide, he's the master. Okay, Den says it's 1, so. Alright, did I see it? You did. Okay. Did you change your mind? No. It's very late for you, you can change your mind. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. Okay. All right. Ella Lockjaw. This is our new number one. I think this is the version that you should be playing if you're playing this list. I think this is probably the best conquest deck in the game. It is obnoxious. It is crazy. It is the I best conquest deck. deck in the game, actually, this week. It is? No, uh, wait. Let me check. I th- uh, no, I think it was. Data, I me. think it was. Maybe there was one list of Thanos Lockjaw that be it, but overall, it was the best. Yeah, this is a nightmare. To, like, it's just they snap, and you're just like, shit. Like, how do you stay in against this snap? Yes, I do think the ramp list is better than this one. But looking, like, based on the list that we saw, I like this one better. Well, it's not the list, it's the archetype, right? Yes, then if we're talking archetype, to me, it's ramp, destroy, this one. I would reverse both fellas. 
So I think this list is better. I honestly just think this list is better than the rap one. Like, this list doesn't miss. It doesn't discard the wrong thing and lose. Like, ever. Doesn't discard the wrong things and lose. Like, it's running exactly two discard cards, right? Like, and it just, it just gets them off consistently. It doesn't discard Hella basically ever, unless it wants to. Maybe Sif definitely sometimes discards Hella, so. Not if you play it well. Like, I've watched a lot of Husky Puppies. Um, like, like, it'll happen, like, but that's like a turn five Hail Mary, if it happens. Yeah. Like, you're just not playing it with Hella in hand unless you already have, um... Unless you already have death in hand and you're never blading away your death. Yeah. Like, if you have Lady Sif in hand, Jubilee is largely a ridiculously safe play. You can play almost anything into Lockjaw without any fear. Like, it ends up working just obnoxiously. Also, I think the best version of this runs Scar, but I could be wrong. I'm personally a very big Scar fan in this list. Because there's games where you go, um, something like, um, discard into whatever, into, um, turn four shard into Scar into other big thing and just win. That's right. I think this is number one. I don't know why the other version is better. The other version has Corvus lose at the game a fair amount. Like here, let's I'm gonna read out that other list. Like Alright, so you've got Sunspot Blade. I mean it's I, I think Knight, it's completely right? subjective in the end, so Well, I don't know like <sighs> Corvus Glaive is just like is great, right? But it it is by definition a dangerous card. No, it's a dangerous card if you consider Ella to be your only game plan. It's not if you consider so, you can just slam big points. I mean, the other deck fair. can go like Black Knight into armor, into Lady Sif, into weapon, like into Ebony Blade, into Sandman, into Magneto, and that's just a good card I mean, Black Knight deck from a, a month ago, and that was a top three deck as well. Okay. So let's move dis- let's move destroy down. And then we'll vote over which Hella is the number one. I vote Hella Lockjaw. You vote I vote Hella Ram. Hella Ram. Gunny? You're muted. Still muted. Roy, go while he figures out how to unmute himself. Uh, I'll vote Hella Lockjaw. You've convinced me. And we'll wait on Gunny, and then we'll figure out a tiebreaker if we need to. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Gunny, any idea, or shall we move on? Hmm. I have no idea what happened to him. Oh well, let's keep going. It just looks muted on the website. Like it just looks like he clicked yeah. it, it clicked his own microphone on the 
Yeah, you, you, maybe. There we go. There he goes. Gunny's back. Okay. Hella lockjaw or hella ramp? Uh, isn't there a hella lockjaw ramp version running around that does both? There is, but yeah, there. I mean, there yeah. is. It's much harder to use. Okay. Uh, I I think the lockjaw version is better. All right. It's a travesty. Sorry, I just always wanted to All say right. it. And now we can talk about the best deck in the game. Uh, Thanos Lockjaw. I don't care if it's this version or if it's the Gorphus version. Yep. Yeah. Like, they're, they're the number one deck, yes? Yes. I think so. Um, For the record, I like this version better than the Corvus version, but like, I don't think there's a huge difference. When does Professor X come back into the deck? Uh, yesterday-ish. What is Professor right? X? Like, doesn't, like, Professor X just beats Hella. Yeah. Like, if you can scam a lane early and then just throw all your points into a different lane, doesn't it just win? It's good. Or, like, you have Shang-Chi, right? Right. Like, if you've won a Professor X lane and they're ahead mm-hmm. in the others, then you can just Shang and win. But do you still play Logdraw? I think so. So what do you cut here? Like, you it's just... just alternate game plans. You don't have to worry about winning through Lockjaw, right? Wait, so you cut Leech and you get X, basically? You cut Leech, you get X, and then I think you need to run... Um, You're running Corvus over Psylocke. Or Corvus over Kyra. I guess you don't super need Kyra anymore, right? And then you're debating Double I mean, Dino or if, not. I think you probably cut Double Dino. If the way you Dino. win is you Professor X a lane and you put all your points on the other lane, I kind of like Kyra. <laughs> That's fair. I think Akira is so important in this deck. So one so thing I noticed while, while playing this goes. deck is that like uh, Thanos is just cheating. It can win so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Like Kyra just wins games where like the, the Rackety Bridge or all these other weird places. And then that's not even like one of its game plans. It could win through a million different ways. It's just crazy. This deck is too much. So then um, Psylocke for Corvus. Leech for Professor X and then Devil Dino for whatever different big card. Yeah. Ideally a five, but probably a six. Maybe, Maybe even Mobius. Doc Ock. Maybe Mobius. Maybe even... Why Mobius? I don't know. Damien's been doing really awesome stuff using a Mobius right lately. Just there's so many cost reduction things that it, it okay. beats. Sure. Maybe Mobius. I was going to say, um, I don't remember what I was going to say. There was a card I liked in my I head. I said Doc Ock, but I don't oh, know I if like, I like that. I think I like Doc Ock. If I can win a lane, Professor X and Doc Ock, and know exactly how much power I need to win a lane. Maybe it's Jeff. It could just be Jeff, since you have Professor X. Claw. Yeah, there's something here. Either way, this is the best deck in the game, right? A version of this is the best deck in the game. And then there's version. There's probably ways to tweak it for the meta that make it even better. Well, I, I think yeah. the reason why it's the best deck in the game, it's because it's one of the few decks that can compete with Ella on points, except you can't really make Ella good against the meta. Ella is good or it isn't. Thanos can adapt. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the best deck, whether Hella exists or not. I think this is the best deck in Marvel Snap. It just cheats. It cheats. It cheats like four different ways. 
So it, it can compete with Hella, but it can also tech like some of the other. It's got Shang Chi, and like we talked about before with Kyra, like it it just does things. Do you troll it, it, it does all the things. You can. There's versions of that. I don't like it. Then what do you? I want feel like Corvus? it's unnecessary. I love Corvus just in this deck. Yeah, but just why not wave it? For example, why not What's what? That? Why not wave? I, I like Corvus better because it just continuously gives you more things to throw in a lockjaw, extra points to play your, your six drops early. And really, it's just kind of what I talked about before is like you just play Corvus, and as long as you don't discard the wrong things, then you win. Yeah, I think this is like the ultimate home for Corvus. Hell is fine, right? Like, but like sometimes you're just going to Corvus away a couple stones, right? Like, you're, there's not a billion things to hit in this, and it's worth remembering that Blob is still the biggest thing in the game. Most games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the most boring Thanos has ever been, but it's also probably the best Thanos has been since the original Thanos Lockjaw. Yes, sir. I like playing against Thanos more than I like playing against Hela. Oh, not me. I'll take the Hela matchup all the time. <laughs> They should just stop printing good Thanos cards, aka all Marvel Snap cards. So, well, they should stop printing cards that go well in Thanos Lockjaw. I'm very curious if this deck exists without Lockjaw I mean, or how this deck exists without Lockjaw. Can they stop making cards that go into Thanos Lockjaw? Because this month they all did. <laughs> so, they specifically built the last two months, like Kyra Scar, right? Like those are easily the best two cards last month. I don't and even remember what, month, it, what else we had. Grandmaster, Hercules, and... I had a lot of fun with Grandmaster, but yeah. Me too. I had a lot of fun with Hercules, but they're not they're not as good as Karen's car, and then something oh, else. Oh, and Meek. Meek. It was Meek, oh, yeah. Grandmaster, and uh, Hercules were the three other cards. Meek was yeah, so, okay. His name is fun. Look, <laughs> so Karen's car were easily the best two cards, and then Cull Obsidian and Corvus are the best two cards so far in their Grand Thanos, right? Yes, sir. Like, there's only 12 spots. They should probably release cards that aren't better than the 12 busted cards we have. Found. So they also just need to fix Lockjaw. That's a lot of things they need to do. I mean, really, largely just fix Lockjaw. I'm curious what Thanos looks like without Lockjaw. It wasn't broken until people put Lockjaw back in it. Basically, yeah. just make Lockjaw a forecast. So if you want to abuse it three times, you need Agreed. to do it the turn you play it. Uh, Zabu. But yes. Yeah, but at least you have to run Zabu. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, Look, just, I think that's the, I think that's the fix too. I've, I've said so. Well. I I had two really creative no, fixes for it, but I don't think we're going down a, a rabbit hole of how to fix lockjaw. Correct? I mean, I don't. I, mean, I don't think we have enough time on one podcast to do so. <laughs> fair, fair. Roy would like to go to sleep. All right, uh, we have our <laughs> final <ZNA>. list. <laughs> our final list is fair. Is number 10 lockdown, number 9 bigger dumber idiots, number 8 loki, number 7 good cards junk, number 6 hell enjoyers negative tribunal, number 5 bounce, number 4 destroy, number 3 hella corvus, number 2 hella lockjaw, although those two are fundamentally in a tie, and number 1 thanos lockjaw in whatever form you like. Is it on purpose that it's not showing on the screen yet? It doesn't show on the screen. Oh, it doesn't. Show I just have to screen. read it. It'll show on the final one. Um, the weird app doesn't update like live. Okay, but I have the list separately. So when it goes live on the air, it'll be there. Cool. All right. 
All right, that brings us to our last segment of every episode, which is Variant of the Week. This week, Glazer picked everyone's favorite tech card in Hella is Armor. All right, so we've got two armors here. Uh, The one on the left here is the Summer Variant or Summer Vacation Variant. Which of our friends here chose the Summer Vacation Variant? Dan, my friend, um, why the summer vacation? To, to be honest, they're my two favorite variants. Uh, but I just like the goofiness of the card on this one. It's just like, I don't know. I I like stupid designs where, I don't know, like, how, how do I explain this? Like, this is why I like Dan Hip so much. And the right one is Dan Hip, is the fact that I don't have to click on the card and zoom in to understand what's going on. Like there are some artists which I think have an amazing talent and they make me want to click on the card. But if I don't click, I don't actually see the art. So I have like a weak spot for variants which you can see just in general. Like you don't have to click. They just on the game and you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. And these two variants for armor do it for me and I have a weak, weaker spot for the cannonball because it's just goofy and fun. All right. The other three of us picked the damn hip. Gunny, why'd you pick the hip? It's just so happy. It's yeah. like, uh, like armor is in the middle of her giant suit of armor. She's got a big smile on her face. The armor itself's got this, his eyes closed with a big smile. It's just, it's a fun card. It's very cute. I will also say that the base art of armor is one of the stronger base arts. So that's very true. I have no variants, and I don't regret it yet. I yeah, will. No, I, uh, but hip armor is one of my favorite variants in the game. It is delightful. It, it's just it's so cheerful. It is. It's so great. All right, all right, friends. All right, we're moving towards the final moments of this episode. All right, Gunny T, will you remind our loyal listeners and loyal viewers, if they were to become your loyal listeners and loyal viewers, what would they find if they tuned in to you? Absolutely. Thanks, Roy. Uh, if you're tuned into Snap Tactics Gunny T on YouTube, you'll find information where we go over the tips that Glazer has covered the past two weeks. So I'm not doing the normal... Um, deck highlight with gameplay showing that deck and whatever the new hot deck is what i'm doing is i record a couple games and then i go over my thought process through them so i'm actually doing a replay i'll pause the button uh or pause the video in between so i can actually talk through what my ideas are and why i'm doing certain things i like to show one win and one loss uh on my videos because i think we learn a lot by losing as well um so if you're just trying to grow and your abilities or if you'd like a little refresher um, that's a good place to check it out. Maybe grow a little bit yourself. Uh, I personally get a lot out of tactically thinking about my games uh, and going through them. So not only am I helping to grow you, but I am growing myself through these through my content. So we here on Snap Judgments like showing appreciation. So a lot of our content is built around trying to highlight other creators and show appreciation. And a lot of our viewers and audience feel the same way. And dear viewers and audience, if you are that type of person who would like to show appreciation, then you need to be following Gunny T because he has done a massive amount of work behind the scenes, Definitely not only true. in the tournament and the discord and 
um, trying to build the community, trying to help individual players one-on-one. This is a person who's all about doing the work in a, in a straightforward organizational manner, organized organizational, organized manner that really benefits not only himself, because he's getting very little benefit out of any of this, but in order to better the community. And he straight up deserves your appreciation and support. Go follow. Thank you, Glazer. Anytime. All right, Den. Once again, uh, what would our loyal listeners and loyal viewers who, if for some reason at this point that you are you have overtaken both Bootman and Savage Yeti as our most frequent guest, if for some reason some of our loyal listeners and loyal viewers were not already fans of yours, what would they find if they tuned in to your content? Mostly analytical database content. Um, I try to do a little bit more diversity lately, but most of my work on Snapzone is through the tier list, analyzing data, sharing what is like the best decks in the game according to as large as possible sample sizes. Uh, and otherwise, I'm just saying stupid stuff on Twitter and hoping people don't take me too seriously the rest of the time. <laughs> This isn't actually an advertisement for Den. This is an advertisement for Marvel Snap Zone Premium. But if you're watching this on the Marvel Snap Zone YouTube, the only other videos that we post Hashtag there sponsored, right now, by the way. Yeah. The only other videos we post there are Den's coaching videos. And if you want to get better at Marvel Snap and you have 10 bucks to spare, because that's how much it costs for Marvel Snap Zone Premium, right? I think. Per month, yes. They're, sure. They're, you yeah. can get it for like half that price if you take a yearly plan. Cool, cool. So it's worth it. It is genuinely like, I've had I've sent to n- numerous people there, and everyone I do comes back to me completely raving. You can watch it, um, but it's not the same as participating. I've watched it and I enjoyed. It. I watch most of them, not all of them, but most of them. Um, you genuinely will learn from watching them, but there's nothing like participating, being able to ask questions. Why does that happen? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? Okay, you load up your game. We'll watch you play games. Let's let's do this. Let's do that. It's top notch coaching at an extremely affordable price. Remember that most coaching from a player of Den's caliber is going to run you 50 to 100 an hour. Really? And this is... My coaching is like 17 to 20 an hour. You are way too nice. Well, then you should also, like, straight up... uh, Sorry, Terrence. Um, (laughs) Just give Den the 17 to 20 an hour, because, my friends, at an hourly rate as a teacher, I don't roll out of bed for less than 50 an hour. Um... I just like coaching again. I'm sorry. Look, Den's an amazing coach. You should be giving him money. For, if you want to get better and yeah, you care, you, you, you should be giving to. him money. Like, nobody's forcing you to get better. You, no, no one's forcing. I don't I don't have a gun, right? Like, I'm not gunny. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, but like, no one's forcing you. But if you want to get better at Marvel Snap, there is genuinely no better way than coaching. And there's no better coach than Den. So you should make sure you look him up, check him out. And like, I did not realize his individual coaching was that cheap. You should go do that because that's ridiculous. Well, definitely the uh, AFT agents that are now listening to this podcast uh, are going to all go and get coaching from uh, Dan over there. All right. But now we get to my favorite part of every episode now where Aaron gets to read all of our wonderful patrons who we Really appreciate supporting this show. Doing this with a stuffy nose is going to be fun. 
All right, you got Abigail Gieselin, Mandatory Burnout, Cables, DG Wingfield, Direwolf, LAB, Fathor Newman. Thank you for covering me for, for covering for me, Fathor. Good Dog Gamer, Inc., Jay Navarri, JD McDonaldinho, Akila Platono, Kirtix Lee, Koire, Doku, Philip Ratkovich. Let's see if I said that right. Haplo, Kenny Loggins. Yes, we're in the danger zone. Rob Silverman, Robert Rivern, Scott G, The Biza. Jay Bussy, X-Force V, Models, Louis Antunes, Matt Conduit, Matt H, Mikey Hijinks, No Flex, Ocularis, Pretty Chill, Seamus, Spike Jones, Two Ties, Tucker, The Pirate King, The Homie Min, and of course, the one and only, Gunny T. All right, so just a quick reminder of how to engage with us. Uh, we are on Twitter slash X at SnapJudgeCast. We are still very proud to be the official Marvel Snap Zone podcast. You should go and join their best large Discord in the Marvel Snap community. The link is in the description of this episode. Our email is snapjudgmentspodcast at gmail.com. And our YouTube is at snapjudgmentspod. And our Patreon is at snapjudgments. Which fully brings us to the end of this episode, where I get to sadly say goodbye to our special guest, Gunny. Thank you for joining us and joining the two-time club for Snap Judgments. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on today. Very, very happy to have you. Den, thank you once more for joining us and taking the crown from our friends Bootman and Yeti. International mail is very expensive and very slow. But uh, look forward to your crown in uh, the mail soon. Thank you. This is still the best reason I have to stay up until 5 a.m. every month. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We are moving to the end of this episode now. Uh, Just a quick reminder, folks, starting next week, we will no longer be a Marvel Snap podcast. We will be a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth podcast. So we will see all of you then for that enlightening discussion. But until then, Glazer... As always, each and every week, it is wonderful to do this with you. Thank you, my friend. Peace and love, everybody, and Sephiroth. All right, friends. Stay safe. Have a good rest of your week. Make good choices and keep on snapping.